sit back in that wonderfully comfortable chair that you're sitting in right now, or maybe you're going for a walk. I don't really know how you listen to us, but however you're listening to us, welcome to the Nerd Table. Once again, I'm your host, Chris O'Mealy, joined by my two podcasting co-hosts, uh, the man... To my right is Dan Peck, who sadly had a burnt pizza the other night. I'm very well, thankfully, sorry. Thankfully, we'd already had most of the food. It was an extra pizza for when my sister came home. But, uh, yeah. But it... That was not... It burned, good. and that, that makes me sad to hear that. And then, to my left, is Eric Flores, who, like me, has received the first dose of his COVID vaccination. How are you feeling, uh, by the way? You know, I, I feel okay. I feel a little lightheaded, but that's not because of the shot. That's just because I forgot to eat. So I'm currently eating a slice of pizza. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I was just like, uh-oh, am I having a reaction? And I look down, it's 1 o'clock, and uh, like, oh, no, my dumb has to eat anything this morning. So- I have nothing to eat or drink. So right after I got the vaccine, sadly my wife isn't on the list yet. But uh, we went out to lunch. She came with me in case she had to drive, in case I had any kind of a negative reaction and wouldn't have been able to drive myself home. And we went to Moe's for lunch, which is a wonderful place We're to eat, Mo's. by the way. They had actually just opened, so we didn't get the, the standard welcome to Moe's deal. Because they were, they were literally unlocking the door as we were pulling up, which I kind of called BS on because it was like 1104. And they open at eleven. Door should have been unlocked I, already. I have been I've been to Moe's twice, and I've never gotten a look at the Moe's because it's been an hour into Mo Monday. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. So no, <laughs> you're not getting showed up. You're you're not getting it. But <laughs> I tried the stacker, which is basically a Crunchwrap Supreme, and it was phenomenal. Absolutely phenomenal. And if any of you out there have a Moe's and have enjoyed the Crunchwrap Supreme at Taco Bell. I highly suggest you go to Moe's and get a stacker. And you can customize I, that bitch. I might have to do that since, you know, Taco Bell decided they don't want to do any potato stuff. And I normally get, like, the um, uh, crunch wrap with, like, potatoes and um, mm. uh, beef and stuff like that. Just to give it that extra layer of, of not crunchiness, because the potatoes aren't crunchy. But just that added texture. You know what I mean? Yeah, anyway. I know what you mean. Like, at Sheets, you can get a quesarito, custom-made, but you can add hash browns to it. And I love doing that because it does give it a little extra texture. And a little crispiness, it's too. It's like adding that, that crisp lettuce to a burger. Gives that oh, a little bit of so a different good. crunch. Yeah, it's so good. The only problem with yeah. the hash browns, though, is that because it's so much extra bread in a quesarito already, that, like, after I eat it, I feel like I'm pregnant. <laughs> I'm just Come ready on, to burst dude. at the seam. But the main reason I wanted to bring up We Went to Moe's is because they've got those crazy soda machines with all the different concoctions. Uh, and, the Coke Freestyle, yeah, baby. And I'm a Dr. Pepper guy. They have a strawberry Dr. Pepper, and it's friggin' amazing. Like, I love me some Dr. Pepper, and I usually get the cherry vanilla one. But I saw that strawberry option. I'm like, I have to try this. And as I'm, as it's pouring into the cup, you get like that, 
you can always get the waft of the fruit flavor if you're getting something like that. And that hit me, and I'm like, oh, I made the right decision because I could just smell the strawberries. I know how those machines work uh, because I have to work on them every once in a while. So I, I'm not going to say anything just so you can enjoy your happiness. Oh, really? I know that there's nothing bad. I know that there's – I know it's a different mixture because if they run out of a certain syrup, you don't get that option anymore. So I understand right. that part. I mean, it's added in, right? So you have like your base, which is whatever soda that you want. So Coke, Sprite, Dr. Pepper, and then they have the flavor shots. And the flavor shots, I, I swear to you, is so funny. You know, if you go to your your uh, uh, printer, you can look at your color ink and stuff like that. And they're normally like different cartridges or whatever. It's basically that same cartridge format, but for <laughs> the flavors. And so you you would you would look at it and you're just like oh my god I'm drinking printer juice but it's not it, you know it's it's but it's the same fucking format it, it, it's hilarious but just bigger the difference is that the machine doesn't stop working when you're trying to print out a regular Coke and it's low on one of the syrups like regular printers do and it's like lol I don't have teal left so you can forget <laughs> about your black and white document because I ain't printing that shit. Well, you know, oddly enough, that was the first issue when when those machines came out is whenever it ran out of one thing, it would just say it was out of everything. <laughs> so I don't know if they were actually using printer hardware and then they just, you know, updated it uh, over time. But yeah, that was a common issue. You ran out of one thing and everything would be down. <laughs> That's amazing. Yeah. <laughs> <clears throat> that actually makes it me laugh. show how far fucking how far technology has come and and what technologies can be borrowed for other things you know because i i can't believe that it can't be that much different i i mean obviously there's no i mean it needs to it needs to hold a semi-thick liquid and disperse a little bit of it over time right that seems it's pretty similar to me sounds pretty similar yeah basically so What we're going to do today, guys, is, of course, we are going to talk near the end of the show about last week's Falcon and Winter Soldier, because we're going to be doing it a week behind. But there's some other stuff to talk about this week. Uh, Let's quickly cover our plugs. Uh, CKCCRadio.com be the new website you guys can check out. It is under construction and being updated slowly, but it does feature a link directly to the Podbean feed, so you can go there. And there is a search bar, so if you want to find, let's say, you just want to look up the Bored to Death Bingecast, just search the word Bingecast, and it'll just list every episode from newest to oldest. Until I have the actual pages completely up and done, that will be the best way to do it, but the website is up, it is accessible, and it's going to be my main promotion moving forward. Uh, We will have links to our partner shows, including the Blake and Sal Show and the United We Fan Podcast with Mark and Brian, which release new episodes weekly, as well as Sick Minds of Matt and Eric. If you haven't gotten enough of Eric on this show and you need more, and apparently Eric gets some pretty positive feedback for the most part, so I say for the most part because I've actually haven't received any negative feedback about you, except for the... Smart-ass comments from our mutual friends, <laughs> which I don't oh, really yeah, count cause that because I know they're still enjoying <laughs> it, but they're normally they're just quick little jabs, quick little jabs. Yeah, 
negatives are about me. <laughs> I haven't gotten any negatives about you. So if anybody has any, they've kept their mouths shut. Keep them mouth as shut. They know what's best for them. <laughs> oh, yes. You're, you're a very intimidating person, Daniel. <laughs> very, very. I mean, I guess if you saw me IRLs. I'm a big, hairy dude. <laughs> I guess. So if you're a child, you're probably very scared of me. Chewy? Is that you? I'm uh, not that kind of hairy. But my, my, my head is hairy. So I do have some positive show feedback from my darling wife, Shannon. There's a positive and a negative to our Taylor Swift episode I'd like to address. Uh, First off, Shannon said that she had a great time interacting with us, and as as since Eric had such a good time interacting with her, she is willing to come back on and educate you further about Taylor Swift at any point. So, we'll have to have her back soon. Because she said there is more to be covered. And I believe you even said there was more to cover. Oh, yeah. I mean, you know, Brendan Neary is like one of my favorites. I love Panic at the Disco. So I I, I know that they did a collab and I wanted to talk about that, but we'll we'll save it. Song was all over the radio for a while. Oh, yeah. It was. Oh, it was definitely got overplayed. That's one of those things where I uh, I really like the song, really love the song. And then it got overplayed. And I was just like, damn it. Why did they do this? Why do radio stations do that? You know? Dude, every, every artist that we love has had a song be ridiculously overplayed. And, like, like I remember first loving Breaking Benjamin when I heard them and wanting to hear more. And then for a while, the only song that was getting played was Diary of Jane. And I'm like, do they not have any other songs? Like, I know they have other songs. The top 40 format. They only play 40 songs. Yeah. they're the 40... 40- most popular songs, and why are they the 40 most popular songs? Because they're the only 40 songs they're allowed to play. 40 for 40. This week on 40 for 40, it's Britney Spears again. But, uh... I mean... Baby, can't you see? But Shannon did have a negative comment about that episode I'd like to pass on. She attempted to listen to it back, and after an hour, got sick of her own voice... And decided she couldn't deal with that bitch anymore. And turned the podcast off. No. She turned our <laughs> podcast off? I'm because, so mad. Because of herself? <laughs> because of herself. <laughs> I thought that would be funny to share with you guys. I got a kick out of that. <clears throat> but, uh... Who's this bitch think she is? That's you, honey. <laughs> Whenever I go back and listen to our podcast and I hear myself, I'm, I just have to be like, God damn it. Why? Why do I sound like that? And then just move on. Are you guys your own worst critics? Like, do you have trouble watching stuff you do back and listening to yourself back? Because I've always been like that. Yeah. Yeah. I don't have problem listening. Watching, I'm just like, look at this fat son of a bitch. But listening, I'm like, that's right. He made a really good point, me fucking great no i don't i can't do it oh i shouldn't say i can't do it i don't like to do it it's not the topics that i have an issue with it's literally the sound most people hate the sound of their own voice and i think that you and i fall in that category 
I mean, Dan's I love what himself, well, but we we never hear our own voice, right? Right. Like we because hear... you always have the, the vibrations in your face muscles absorbing some of those sound as well, so you sound different to yourself. You sound you different do. to yourself. Correct. And then you hear yourself, and you're like, uh, "No, just just no." Uh, Who's that fucking nerd? Those nerds, yeah. Well, speaking of nerds, that's what this show's about. And uh, Dan has recently indulged in some viewership of a couple of movies that he had never seen. So why don't you take us through a couple of the things you've watched recently, and we'll do some commentary on that stuff. Because I think right, I've seen most... In the order in which I watched stuff? I mean, week? we can do that. Whatever is easiest for you, and then we'll uh, we'll discuss... I watched seven movies in the last week, actually. I only watched them in two days. That must be nice. So last Saturday, last Saturday, I watched a bunch of Disney stuff that I hadn't seen or only seen part of. So the first thing I watched was Big Hero 6. Yes. Did you like Great it? Great movie. Oh, yeah. Really good. It was different than I thought it would be. Yeah. I just thought Baymax now, was just a thing. But it's like, no, he's supposed to be a nurse droid. <laughs> it's hilarious. Now... Now that you've seen the movie, I want to remind you that, that that came out at the same time as Frozen. Which would you have rather seen? Which do you think should have won movie of the year? Big Hero 6 or Frozen? Well, I haven't seen Frozen, and I'm probably going to keep it that way. Ah, well, it's not a bad movie. But I thought you had seen Frozen, so never mind. I retract that question. Well, they also came out two separate years. Did they? Because I could have swore it was between Big Hero 6 and, and Frozen. No, Frozen was 2013. Big Hero 6 was 2014. What you're probably thinking of is Zootopia and Moana, because those both came out the same year. And Zootopia actually beat Moana for Best Animated Picture. But that was kind of a tough one, because those are both amazing movies. That's They're just, both great, yeah. Well, that's just it about Frozen. Frozen's actually not a bad movie at all. It's actually a pretty good movie, and I thought the sequel was even better. The problem is it became a victim of its own overhype. A lot of people, you know, for example, the very first time I watched it, I thought it was mediocre, and I didn't really understand the hype. I had to watch it a few more times to kind of get better integrated with it and take myself out of the situation of being surrounded by nothing but Anna and Elsa stuff. And I think that's a that's a, a trend, though, is sometimes something becomes bigger than it actually should be. Looking at you, Avatar, highest grossing movie of all time. <laughs> Haven't and, seen that either. And that was easily <laughs> mediocre at best. That one I've seen three times, and it got worse with each viewing, so I haven't seen it since, and I probably never will again. But Big Hero 6 was... It was one of those films that was kind of, unfortunately... Uh, it had some unfortunate timing because it came out the same year as the Lego movie, which is why it got it got trounced, because the Lego movie was incredible. It's incredible. And Lego movie should have been up for best picture, and it wasn't even up for best animated feature. I was like, That's that crazy. should have been up for best picture, and it didn't even make animated. It was like, what? <laughs> Lego movie is fantastic. But Big Hero 6 is really great. And so, I got the twist villain wrong. Oh, did you? Wh who were you expecting the twist yeah. villain to be? 
Well, you know, at first it was like, oh, it's obviously it's the corporate guy. But then by the time T.J. Miller says that, I was like, okay, so it can't be that. And I was like, it's his brother. And it's like, nope, it's the teacher. And you're like, you sons of bitches. <laughs> so, I, I man, Big Hero 6 was really good. So here's my theory, though, on why Frozen did so well, right? It's a movie that you don't have to watch. Like, literally, the soundtrack is the movie. And the soundtrack was all over the fucking place when the movie came out. So you literally could just watch the movie by hearing it. I know that doesn't make sense, but, like, all of the songs, it was so good. It was, it was a movie meant for the soundtrack. You could just get the soundtrack, and you, and you didn't need to buy the movie because you had the movie right there. Now, not all the songs were good. There were two shitty songs on there. That that opening song was pretty bad, and the troll song was pretty bad. But, well, and that's the other thing, too. Like, Let It Go as a song is a fucking masterpiece. But, like we were just talking about earlier, it was so overplayed and overdone, everybody got sick of it. Again, a a victim of its own success. You didn't have to work in a theme park where literally there was an attraction and the song played all the time. Nope, because I left before that officially took over. So Yeah, so while I worked at the Great Movie Ride, I also had to go over and like run the uh uh what's it called? The frozen ride. Well not ride attraction. And they do sing a lot of the songs from the the movie and of course they have to play that song and just imagine every hour you have to listen you have to hear it every hour every hour all right so real quick uh as far as big hero six goes um a uh ballsy to kill off the kid's brother right in front of him not that disney's a stranger to that but I, I think that that helped the dynamic between Hito and the only person in the whole movie who pronounces his name right is Honey Lemon, by the way. Everybody else actually calls him Hero, but if you're doing it with the proper pronunciation, it's Hito. Uh, Baymax is amazing. Baymax was hysterical because he's like, I love characters that are like hyper literal. Everything has to be taken literally. And that can make for a really interesting dynamic. And when his battery's low, he's drunk as shit. Just like randomly oh randomly petting the cat. And I relate to that. Do you guys know one of my do you guys know one of my infamous drunk stories of we had a barbecue at my house? Uh this was when I was in college. So I had a whole bunch of college friends over. A lot of the usual crew, people who listen to the show, were there. Uh, a lot of the wrestling crew and everything. And that was the first time a lot of my friends got to see me get pissant drunk because I was in my own backyard, so I didn't care, right? Like, obviously, I'm at my house. Why would I care about being drunk? Because I'm all I have to do is just go upstairs. And I was very infamously slurring my speech in front of people. I don't remember this happening, but my friends recounted it to me perfectly. And I was like, kind of, I was, I'm a very happy drunk. So I was very happily slurring my speech to everybody. 
And, like, I don't remember what I was saying, but I was just really happy about it. And I don't think they knew what I was saying. They were just laughing. And I went inside the house, and as I did, I saw my cat, and I screamed, Kitty! And went to go pet my cat, because I was so excited. Apparently, it was the first time I'd ever seen my cat before. And they (laughs) thought that was the funniest thing ever. One of those moments where, where apparently they laughed themselves into that stupor where they couldn't breathe. And you always remember those moments of laughter when you laughed. Yep. Like, that's how I broke our friend Ellis when I told him the uh, the story that I told on this show earlier about my coworker who asked me about the Kama Sutra on platform. Okay. And our, our friend Ellis snorts when he laughs. So not only could he not breathe, but in between bouts of catching his breath, he was going, <laughs> and that made me laugh harder. So Baymax uh, getting drunk and petting a cat is super relatable. Um, what did you think of the of the ending? With this is not a this movie's old, so I'm not. I don't care if I'm spoiling anything for anybody. Where Baymax basically sacrifices himself. Did you catch that there was going to be a twist to that? This would be Dan. Dan, is he there? Uh, uh, like Well, <clears throat> I wasn't surprised that he put his uh, medical SD card in his fist when he shot it off. That wasn't too surprising. Um, I didn't see it coming, but when it happened, I was like, yep, that makes sense. Are, have you ever, are you going to try to watch the, uh, the animated series they did for Disney? Probably not. I think oh, it might yeah. be. I think it might be interesting. I've considered it. All right. I got to get your opinion on the post-credit scene. Oh, when we find out that TJ Miller's parents are superheroes. (laughs) And his dad is. His father is Stanley. His father's literally. And he wears them front. He wears them back. He wears them inside out. He wears them front back. Yes. Boy, we've got a lot to talk about. The best Stanley cameo ever. That includes all the Marvel movies. That is my favorite Stanley cameo. My two being able to wear underwear four days in a row. <laughs> I think my two favorite Stanley cameos happened in non-Marvel movies or Marvel picture movies. Mallrats and Big Hero Six are my two favorite Stanley cameos. Although I was really Mallrats part. I need it... to watch that again. Uh, it's so good. All those movies are great. So yes, uh, Big Hero 6 is friggin' brilliant. Uh, This poses an interesting question. Because this has been something we've been getting for a little while. Let me pull up the actual list of movies here to to go through it. Because we've talked about this before. There has been... um, we've, We've had the thing going where we get the twist villain, right? Like, all right... In Princess and the Frog and Tangled, we knew who the villain was going to be. It was pretty obvious from the beginning. But Wreck-It Ralph, Frozen, Big Hero 6, and Zootopia all had twist villains. Where when the villain came out, who the villain was, you didn't really see it coming. But I've heard an argument that twist villains, while they make for a good plot point, don't make the villains as interesting... Because they don't have any time to develop as evil characters. 
which is why those villains don't rank among characters such as Gaston, Jafar, Scar, Frollo, Hades. And these are, of course, I understand these are all like the 90s villains, but when you think about iconic villains, they don't really come up because of the the twist aspect. So, in your opinion... Does it is a twist Both villain? Both Incredibles have a have a twist villain as well. Yes. Well, we'll I, talk about that later because I watched Incredibles too. We'll talk about that later. Oh, there you go. All right. Well, we'll get to that. Okay. <laughs> I was going to say the first one's not really a twist. It's a twist as to who he is, but the villain's not a twist. But yeah, all those movies have a character that ends up being the villain, but you ne- didn't necessarily see it coming. Do you think that's Better or worse than knowing who the villain is from the beginning? Because, like, the second you start watching Princess and the Frog and you see the evil voodoo man, where his shadow's acting independently, it's pretty obvious that's the bad guy. Before and the even... wallpaper, the background and the wallpaper where his shadow is, it turns into skull and crossbones. Yes! Which is an awesome... That's friggin'... It, it depends. Because... There's a lot of twist villains who I absolutely love. And one of them being Evil Morty. <laughs> yeah, okay. Like You've gotten two twists out of that, too. Yeah. <laughs> so, like, that was so fucking cool. Like, it was so deep. It was, like, intertwined into... I don't know. I feel like a twist villain is great for an introduction. Do the twist villain as an introduction to that villain and then develop the villain. I feel like that's the way to go. Or you could do the twist villain as the hero, like they did with I am legend. Okay. That's a good where, point too. Um, like he's the hero, right? You're watching the whole movie. Like for, for, for those of you that don't know, uh, he's the hero or whatever. And he's trying to get this, this uh, formula to like save people but there's there like everybody's basically extinct. They turn into these zombie things, uh, and, and then near the end of the movie, you find out that these zombie things are just they're like an evolution of us. And what he's doing is literally hunting them and hurting them. And they've already formed their own society. So he like realistically, these monsters, uh, even though they they eat people that we're just their food we're the monsters to them because we've been killing them off you know what i mean like something yeah. psychological twist villains there, there has to be a plot you can't just be like oh i think it's this one but in actuality it's this one like i thought it was person a but it ends up being person b that's not i don't know it's not cool for me i mean not, not them... unless they have uh, like they have to have a bigger involvement in the movie in order for me to really feel affected by the twist. They can't just be a, a person that you show two or three times and never yeah. mention. Them. You mean like, like yeah. exactly what I'm thinking is Big Hero Six, good twist villain. Zootopia, bad twist villain. Correct. See, I would even argue that Correct. Big Hero Six wasn't as good of a, a twist villain because. I didn't really care about that character. Zootopia, I fully agree. I was like, oh, that's what they're going for? Okay. So, okay. Because, 
Which I'm more. I was more invested in Zootopia with the actual development and and chemistry between Judy and Nick. I didn't really care who the the villain was at that point. Right. Yeah, but here's what I think would have been better for Zootopia. Like, clearly it looked like they were trying to fr- uh, frame the Predators, right? And uh, so to me, it, I knew the twist villain's not going to be a Predator. What they should have done is actually have it be the Predator. <laughs> like, have it be the Lion. What they like? Oh, I thought you were going to say the actual lion. Predator, like... No, 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 not the actual predator. But like, that would have you know, been the best it, twist it, ever. Best twist. Oh, this is ever. a predator movie. There's <laughs> 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 xenomorph in Zootopia. If you look closely, no. Uh, but like, no. You have any idea how much money, more money that money that movie would make? The people would take their kids to it. It would turn into a predator movie, and then every dad in the country would go see it a second time. Yeah. <laughs> And tell all their buddies, no, 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 it's a fucking Predator movie. It's great. Everyone. They would make so much money. Well, that's kind of like what we were just talking about with uh, going back to Wreck-It Ralph, which was one of the first really good twist villains that I'd ever seen. I You kind of knew King Candy was the villain, but he wasn't like a pure villain. You're still up with that guy. You're like thumbs up with that guy. Yeah, thumbs up with that guy, and you know he's suspicious. But the real twist was his when he turns out he's got a different identity altogether. And I didn't see that coming at all. And when I realized it, I actually like, like I felt a legitimate sense of shock and awe over that. Eric and I saw that in the theater together. Yeah, with Katie and Jessica. Shout out to them. I don't know if Jessica listens to this, but obviously Katie does. Katie, get Jessica to listen to our show. Yeah. Jessica's got a kid now, I think, right? Yeah, she does. And she moved to, like, Key West. She's, like, all the way in the south. Oh. Why? Hurricanes. Don't do that. (laughs) Yeah, well, people love living in I mean, it is. Oh, yeah, it's fucking beautiful down there when it's not, you know, weather can destroy your house. (laughs) I mean... Yeah, <laughs> you're right about that. But <laughs> it's like it's like somebody who's like, I'm, I just bought a beautiful country home out on the plains. Yeah, where'd you buy it? In Oklahoma. Oh, cool. Don't get too attached to that house. Yeah, <laughs> seriously. What you should have bought was a bunker. All right. Yeah. So where, where'd you buy your house? On a, on a beautiful cliff overlooking the ocean. Really? Where? Right on the San Andreas Fault. Cool. Hope you got that double reinforced. Is there any? Think of where you're buying your houses, people. Dude, like I refuse to buy any house that could ever be in a flood zone because I'm not going through that. After seeing people almost die in floods, and watching their houses get destroyed, like no, that's not going to happen. The best, the worst natural disaster we have up here is just snow, and as long as your house is. Not going to collapse under the weight of snow, which obviously they won't the way they're built up here. Yeah, that's true. I don't, I don't have a like a problem with any natural disasters um, as far as like buying a house. But like if you buy a house, for me, I can't buy a house without a foundation. Right. I agree with that. 
and I know that I know everybody is just like, yeah, every house has a foundation. No, they don't. No, they don't. Like, no, they don't. They should. I believe cold heartedly that every house should have a foundation, but they don't. All right. So <laughs> there you go. Dude, I love ranting on this show. It's the best. All right. So Big Hero 6, uh, overall, good impressions, Dan. Yes. Really enjoyed it. And the I, next movie I watched uh, was... I was going to say, I oh, knew wait, that'd be a... I, was, I knew that would be a movie that you would like. Just because I know, I know the it types is of an movies. It's a Marvel property. So... They live in a in a different world though, because San Francisco is even more uh, Asian based, and it's called San Fran Tokyo. So, San Fran Tokyo, San Fran Tokyo. Uh, next movie I watched was Holes, two thousand three. I think. Never seen it. I had seen I had seen the beginning and the end. Um, and now you get to see the rest of it. I don't see the whole movie. What is that movie actually about? Uh, holes, duh. No, I have no idea. I've never seen it either. <laughs> There's a lot of jokes so, I can I make mean, there, it's... but I'm trying to keep the show from getting a too explicit of a rating. It is very convoluted, and a lot of, that's ah, a little bit too much. It's like, that's kind of... But it's a fun ride. It's like a kid's prison movie. Essentially, there's a family that has been cursed for hundred more or more years and oh there's a lot of stuff and it sounds stupid but it's a fun ride uh kid gets busted for stealing sneakers that he just was walking home one day and these pair of sneakers just fall on him and he instead of going to federal pommy in the ass prison he goes to a special camp <laughs> but uh, one of my absolute favorite lines from Office Space, by the way. <laughs> you don't just go to prison. That's federal pound me in the ass prison. And the special camp is essentially a racket for the three people that run the camp to make kids dig holes under the pretense that they're a building character, but they're actually looking for buried treasure in a mm. former lake bed um and then there's a whole backstory the backstory is actually even better than the main story uh a bunch of crazy stuff happens in the end and everything's okay at the end of course because it is a of course family picture that sounds like something i would enjoy i might have to check that out i mean it's a lot of turn off your brain and just have some fun because it's but I like Very, movies like that. In fact, we're going to talk about uh, we're going to talk about some of those coming up a little bit later. Yes, we are. So, okay. So, would you recommend? Yeah, especially if you have any, uh, like, make sure the kids probably in school. <laughs> so we're talking five five to five to twelve. Like, I think kids would literally like it. Which is what I heard, because I remember hearing back in the day that it was like, the kids Shawshank. Kids Shawshank Redemption. So it's the Shawshank for kids. I, and I kind of, I kind that, of feel it. That sounds like an oxymoron altogether, to be perfectly honest. What? <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
So, so what does the kid actually say in, to to get out of prison? Because like Morgan Freeman gets out because he tells him to to fuck off, and it's the '60s, so that's the thing. So he gets free. So what's the kid? What's the kid equivalent of fuck off? It's also fuck off. <laughs> yeah, probably. <laughs> it's it's also fuck off. Anyway, now time for a major discussion because the next movie I watched was Toy Story Four. Oh, Let's God. let us discuss Toy Story Four. <laughs> Can we not though? <laughs> Are we okay? Let's let's start this off on a not so negative note. Can we all agree it's the worst of the Toy Story movies? Yes. Okay. I'll, I yes. agree with that statement. Okay. So let's get on the same page there. Uh, so Dan, specifically, give me some of your thoughts coming out of Toy Story Four, and Eric and I'll kind of give you our thoughts because I don't know about you, Eric, but I paid to see this in the theater. I, uh, I mean, yeah. I did too because fucking Toy Story, you know, you grow up with it. You got to keep watching it. Yes. And I remember saying several times, I don't think I want this movie. I don't think I want this movie. I said that multiple times. I was like, this is not a movie that I think I actually want to exist, but it's happening and I'm going to go see it because I thought Toy Story 3 wrapped up everything perfectly. All right, so Dan, give us your thoughts, and we'll uh, we'll tab on to okay. it. So, I do like that it dealt with like a different emotional thing than the other ones have, because it had to deal with actually moving on, as opposed to thinking you had to move on and not actually moving on. <laughs> okay, that's whereas fair. the first movie was about about being replaced, right? Is the first movie? Yeah. Uh, Second movie, I only seen once, so and it was when it came out, so I don't really remember what the specifics on that. Uh, second Third movie is about second movie is about finding yourself and learning your true identity, and kind of yeah, it's kind of it's kind of a finding yourself story. Because Woody, uh, third just, is about like complete change, right? The third is what the third literally deals with what happens when your kid is grows up and you're no longer valuable to him. Where do you, you go from here? Change. Fourth one is dealing with what if you specifically need to move on to something different while nobody else does kind of thing. Yeah. And that, I mean, it starts with him. He hasn't been picked in several days. He even has a dust bunny on him now. It's his first dust bunny, everybody. And she literally picks him up to take the sheriff's badge off and give it to Jesse. And he's dealing with that. And then Forky happens. And I hated Forky for half the movie, and then I loved him, which I think is the point of the Forky character. Yes, I think everybody had that feeling, right? You're just like Forky's oh. the fucking worst and the best <laughs> at the same time of that movie, and it's Tony Hale too, which actually makes it yes. somehow made it better. My issue with Forky is that the whole premise is that anything could be a toy. But then they sell him actually as a toy, like yeah. that. Like no, why? Why are you doing that? Trash. Okay, okay. But here's here's this is actually a good, almost like an existential thing. 
Did you not, at any point in your toy collection as a kid, have something that was decisively not a toy that became a toy? Because I know I did. I definitely had stuff that, like, wasn't meant to be a toy that got integrated with my toys. I I can't really think of a specific example, but, like, I had a really wacky imagination as a kid, so... Like, I I played with whatever was available. So I, I remember, like, building walls out of popsicle sticks and making, like, forts and stuff like that, like castles. Yeah. And using that as, like, toy castles or whatever. Like, I made so I, a, I, I have a Christmas ornament, right? It's an ice skater, and it was a crafting project, right? You, you get the little, the, little, uh, the little twisty tinsel tinsel pieces, and you twist them together so it kind of forms, like, a human type body and then you get like a wooden head and you paint it and you put on all these little craft pieces to make the arms and the legs and he looks like an ice skater by that logic that thing should be sentient with all of the other ornaments that i have whether it's my charmander and squirtle did you did you write your name on its foot no i did not do that because that is the key apparently That is the key. Here's my thing, right? If anything could be a toy, then Sid from the first movie was just making different toys. Yeah. That was the whole thing, right? Because they think think that these monsters and they come and they actually help them, right? Yeah. Like, toys are toys. It's just what you do with them is weird, but they're still the pure item. Uh, I, however, I did love the opening. We learned what happened to Bo Peep because remember at the, in the third movie, they're like, I don't want what happened to, to Bo to happen again, anyone else ever again. And then we see what happened. The yeah. girl didn't need the nightlight anymore, so they got rid of it. Yeah, I thought that was, I liked that. Uh, positives, I liked, the, I liked what they did with Bo Peep because she was never that great yep, of a character. I love the Bo Peep stuff. She was never that great of a character. She was always just kind of like a, a quote-unquote love interest for Woody who never got any kind of real character development. Because in the first movie, she was just paying attention to Buzz and not Woody. And in the second movie, all she really did was she saw them off on their adventure, but she wasn't part of it. It's not like she went with them to rescue Woody. And she did, didn't exist in Toy Story 3, so that was that was pretty cool. So I thought it was cool that we saw what happened, and then we find that we see her again, and I like all that stuff, including the missing arm, the arm that falls. <laughs> yeah. Uh, two, I'll, I'll throw out two more positives here. Um, Keanu Reeves is Duke Kaboom. Yep. And Key and Peele. Which were the the best parts of the movie by far. <laughs> yeah. I also even but like. I don't, the, I don't I think it's strong like, enough. Yeah, I like the ending though. They go. They they stay with the carnival and they help as many toys get kids as possible. Yeah, I mean that carnival's cool. going to go out of business soon, but <laughs> yeah, because of it. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> but. All right, so um, what? I think that's cool. What didn't you like then? Everything else. 
<laughs> Everything else. Yeah. Uh, I mean, like, honestly, I felt like the plot was very sloppy. And outside of Kiampila and Keanu, like, there, it, nothing was really that memorable. Nobody gave, nobody cared about Gabby Gabby. It's not like she was an interesting character. Well, it starts out, she's just a total manipulative bitch. Yeah. And then you just learn, oh, but she just wants a kid. She never had a chance because her voice box never worked to begin with. So there's not even, yeah. So again, this is one where there's no villain. The villain is, like the rest of the movies, getting back to their kid before they leave. Yeah. <laughs> Actually, like, Sid was a good villain, but he's not really a villain. He's just a kid. He's only a villain from the toy's point of view. Stinky Pete was an actual villain. Lotso was a villain. Lotso was a villain. Yeah. <laughs> like, Al was a villain, but Al wasn't... He was just a collector trying to make money. It's not like he was... He was actually trying to take care of them. He fixes Woody. You know, Woody gets his arm ripped off and everything, and then Al does his thing. You know, he gets the collector, the the guy from one of the original shorts, which I thought was a nice little touch. Jerry's game, the the old man playing chess. And, you know, he fixes him up. He's he's concerned about their well-being. He keeps them in glass cases and everything. He's got the huge collection. He still handles him with Cheeto-covered fingers, which is disgusting. But, you know... But then Stinky Pete was an actual villain, and he had, a, he had a, from his point of view, he's about to go get eternal fame in a museum, and he never had a chance with a kid. And now he's, it's going to pay off, and Woody's going to screw it up. Because Woody's hanging on to this belief that, oh, uh, I'm, I'm this kid's toy, and I got to be with him. And it's like, yeah, and what happens when, you're, when that kid grows up? And then, you know, Lotso's like, I run this daycare and you guys can stay here, but you need to get tested. You need to get tested first. And it turns out that a couple of those toys really run it in a negative light. So he's probably not a bad guy if you play by the rules. But since these guys don't play by the rules, he uh, you, f- you figure out what he's really like. Oh, screw you, Buzz. I'm going to make you speak Spanish now. Which is great, by the way. That's a great scene. <laughs> you know, Stinky Pete was kind of right, though. If you think about it. If you think about Toy Story 4, Stinky Pete was right. Stinky Pete was right. <laughs> uh, what I have another positive about Toy Story 4. It's a quick one. But I loved all the characters that were in the clo- that were in the closet. And, like... They were all voiced by famous people like Mel Brooks, Carol Burnett, Betty White, Carl Reiner. And I I thought that was really I thought yeah, I thought that was really clever. They also used those them in those those Forky stories that they have on Disney Plus, which I haven't watched. And do you know who the uh, Duke Kaboom commercial announcer was? <laughs> Flea. Which makes it even better. Is it Flea? Yeah, it was Flea. <laughs> Also, the voice of Donnie on the Wild Thornberries. Yes, I also. You know what? I also liked that at the beginning, uh, 
that another one of the things that reinforces the change for Woody is that he's not head toy in charge. It's the button doll. Yeah. She's been, she's the one that's been with Bonnie since the beginning. She's in charge. Yes. Which is true. That's, that's the leader. By the way, I love that scene in Toy Story 3 when Woody first gets put up at like the tea party and he's trying to talk to them and they're all like, would you shut up? We're trying to stay in character. And that's when I first learned that friggin' Timothy Dalton was Mr. Pricklepants. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, that's just fucking brilliant. That was like, the, that was one of the scenes that kind of cemented that movie for me. And friggin' Kristen Schaal is Trixie, who anytime her voice shows up, I think it's hysterical. Her best work is oh, definitely they, on yeah. Bob's Burgers, for sure. And, and I, the poor father, holy shit, that does, like... Oh, I know. It's they, one of those ones where it starts funny, and then you just feel bad for him the rest of the movie. I do. I did feel bad for him the rest of the movie. I'm like, this kind of sucks. Why does this guy even have to deal with this? It was like, meet the parents. I was just like, after about three things went wrong, I just felt bad for Ben Stiller the rest of the movie, and I was no longer having a good time. But I also think that's kind of the point, too. For that movie, not this one. I think I think everyone was supposed to laugh at the dad. All right, so other negatives. Because I know we haven't covered the big stuff yet. Did, did it have to end with the, the big toy separation? Did we really need that moment? Was that necessary? The toy's saying goodbye yes, to Andy. I can't. <laughs> yeah. Go ahead. I, I feel like I don't need another Toy Story movie. So, yes, they need to be separated. Because here's going to be Toy Story 5. They find a way to get back to each other. And then they find out that Andy had a kid and the, now become Andy's kids' toys. <laughs> Well, it starts with like, the, the, fair, you know, the fair is in town, right? Like, please oh. don't give them ideas. God damn it. <laughs> I'm telling you, it's going to happen, man. It's going <laughs> to happen. I know. Just son of a bitch. Well, at least at least we now know what the plot of Toy Story 5 will be. <laughs> and that was the other thing, right? Like, Toy Story 1 and 2 came out Back-to-back, practically. Four years apart, only one film separating them. Toy Story 3 was going to be a challenge because it had been 11 years. Toy Story 4, there wasn't really anything on the line. It's just like, oh yeah, we're doing another Toy Story. And you're just like, uh, okay. I don't think anybody... I don't think anybody was excited for Toy Story 4. It just it felt like a cash grab. That's the big thing, right? Like when something is super successful and then within a year or two they bring out a sequel or a spin-off or whatever, you just know it's not going to be the same quality. You know that they did it after they realized it was super successful. It wasn't that they were planning on it. It's not like it's not like Back to the Future 1 and 2 where they were pretty much working on it at the same time. Or Endgame, or the, uh, yeah, two and three, where they were working on it at the same time, or um, uh, what the uh, Infinity War movies, 
where they were pretty much working at it at the same time. Right. Lord of the Rings, no they shot all of those together. Matrix like, Matrix 2 and 3. Yeah. <laughs> not as well. Oh, that, that's together. a bad example, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right. Oh, so Toy Story 4 was not... Toy Story 4 in the Pixar ranking, which I will get to on a future Chris Ranks the Universe, is... Better than Cars 2? But it's bottom tier. Lower Out tier. of all the Pixar movies I've seen, that might be the worst because I have not seen all. <laughs> so, have you seen Cars too? I haven't even seen Cars. Well, I've seen parts of Cars, but I haven't seen all the. Way Cars before. and Cars Three are good. Cars Two is the worst Pixar movie. Now, I say that still missing two Pixar movies because I have not seen the new one, Soul, and I have not seen the Good Dinosaur. I haven't heard good things about the Good Dinosaur either, but. I haven't seen but it's a good. good answer, but you'll like Soul. You will like Soul. Right. So what it basically boils down to is <clears throat> uh, Cars 2 is the worst Pixar movie that I've seen. Even if those are better, which they probably will be, it's still not a uh, not something I'm necessarily like. <sighs> Cars 2 is still a decent movie. If you compare it to other stuff, like DreamWorks, for example, which definitely cash-grab sequels, Cars 2 was a cash-grab sequel, but we all know DreamWorks is the infamous cash-grab sequel because almost everything has gotten a sequel, and most of the sequels have not been good. But, uh... With the exception of Shrek. Shrek Shrek 2 is good. Shrek 2 is fantastic, but then there's two other Shrek movies. We don't we don't talk about those. <laughs> <laughs> but of all the things that have gotten sequels in this universe, if you it, Pixar isn't always the best at following up on its sequels. Now, I think Toy Story 2 and Toy Story 3 are fantastic movies. And I've very controversially stated that Toy Story 2 is my favorite of all of them, when Toy Story 2 is usually everyone's least favorite when talking about the trilogy. In that pre-4 world, that's usually the one that comes up. But Incredibles 2, I thought was great. Not as good as the first one. Uh, Finding Dory, I thought was good. Not nearly as good as Finding Nemo. And Monsters University is fun, but it doesn't have the same impact Monsters, Inc. did. Prequel or sequel or whatever. And then nothing else really gets sequeled. So... You know, what it basically boils down to is if you're going to do a sequel, you've got to make it as good as the original or at least hold up the standard, which is what Pixar does. DreamWorks doesn't do that. Cars 2 was the exception because they wanted a cash grab on Mater's success as a character. And while the movie itself is kind of fun, if you're thinking about if you put Cars 2 up next to Wally or Ratatouille or Inside Out, it's going to look like shit. Or even Coco or Onward, because those are fucking brilliant. And they all hit you with that emotional gut punch. Meanwhile, Cars 2 is just like, here's Mater doing slapstick comedy. Although it has a good twist. I'll give it that. It has a good twist and it does have some funny moments. It just is not a necessary movie. So, you had mentioned Incredibles 2 a little yes. bit ago. 
I just... And that was my next movie. Yes. Uh, this one I loved. Yeah, I really liked it, which is funny because it is almost exactly the same movie. <laughs> it is very similar. Just turn every just turn it 180, right? Instead of dad getting a job, mom gets the job. Well, that was that was kind of it, though, right? Is like a lot of these movies kind of switch their focal point, their character focal points. Like, again, let me go back to the uh, let me go back to the list here. Uh, first Toy Stories primarily. Well, I guess the first two, the first Toy Story is primarily a Buzz story. If you actually break it down, Toy Story Two was more of the Woody story, right? The first Cars is a Lightning McQueen story. Cars 2 is a Mater story. And then Finding Nemo and Finding Dory obviously shift their focus. And so do the Monsters movies. Because the first one is primarily a Sully movie. The second one is more of Mike's story. It's it's more following Mike's point of view. So it makes sense that they would shift focus from Bob to Helen. And I thought that was actually really smart. Because that's the thing, right? Isn't that part of the push? Is we want her to be the uh, the main focal point because of the the female the female uh, empowerment thing. Yeah, pretty much. Well, I mean, in the story, is that she's the cleaner hero, right? Like the guys do too much destruction, and they want the best PR possible to start this thing off. Right. Bob Odenkirk, fucking awesome in this movie, by the way. Speaking of twist villains, were oh. you con- were you convinced it was going to be him? Because I was. When I, I see- was, and then eventually at one point, when she started talking to her a lot during the movie, I was like, it's going to be her, it's going to be the sister. And then yeah. when they revealed it, I was like, I was like a scene ahead, you know? Yeah, yeah, but it's still... <laughs> but it took a while before that happened. <laughs> yeah. I was like, I knew it, that, that the guy that she gets wasn't him. Like, we tell that wasn't it. Yeah. It's a good story, though. It's got a lot of funny moments. It's got another great Frozone and Honey scene, which makes me laugh. And I like that they kept that to that one that one kind of containment thing. Because that's exactly the kind of throwback joke that you want. You want the character back, but you don't want her to overstay her welcome, and she doesn't. They have their exchange, and it's hilarious, and then you move on. Yeah, he leaves to go get the kids, and she yells at him. And... Yep. He, and then we move on to him getting the kids. <laughs> yep. I did I did like that the that the the thing is that they can hypnotize and take over people, so she takes over the other heroes. And so there's the big fight with the kids, Frozone and them. Uh and that's such a there's so much better action in this one. And I like yeah. I like the focal point being on the kids too, because it shows that they were, they were, I guess, learning their powers better and really being able to cope with what they were dealing with. <laughs> I also like the, uh, the the math joke in there. Dad, we're supposed to do it this way. Why would they change math? And he starts getting so oh, mad. Math. <laughs> it's so relatable. It's true, though. <laughs> it's fucking true. You're just adding numbers. Why does there have to be a different way of doing it? Just, ah, so frustrating. But yeah, that 
really you good in the way they do math now. It's like in I blocks. can't figure it out. It doesn't make sense to me. But I also know how to do math in my head. So because my job requires me to do a lot of math in my head. I don't know. I, whatever. That's a whole different. That's a whole different friggin' podcast. I think. You know, it, it's kind of funny though because it's like when I was growing up and learning math, the I would just like pull out a calculator, and uh, my teacher would be like, "You're not always going to have a calculator in your pocket," and I'm just like, uh, "Bullshit, bullshit, math you ever teacher." Go, you ever go back to her and be like, "Suck it, bitch." Hey, look at my smartphone. Look at my smartphone. It can add numbers. (laughs) I I really do. I don't even have to type it. I just go, hey, Siri, what is this plus this? And she goes, answer. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) Exactly. Oh, my God. If I I ever get a chance and she's still working in Orange County Public Schools down in Florida, I'll go over and be like, hey. Remember when you said we're not always going to have a calculator in, in our pockets? Yeah, that's bullshit. And it's not we only have just enough... a calculator. <laughs> yeah. We have enough freaking processing power in our pockets to launch the space shuttle to the moon. <laughs> oh, God. Those, those, uh, those graphs where they show you, like, how much power it took to process the space shuttle, and then you realize how much power it's... Say- like... My computer right now could power the space shuttle from 1969. Anybody want to go to the moon? It could power, like, legit, the iPhone 11 has, like, one one-hundredth, or sorry, the computer that it took to get the, sorry, the my fucking cat jumped on my lap. The <laughs> computer that sent the space shuttle to the moon literally has one one-hundredth of the processing power of an iPhone 11. That's that means nuts. You could literally send a hundred rockets for an iPhone 11. Probably more to be real, because not only the processing I mean, power, not modern one, rockets, but the actual but speed. Rockets. Yeah, 1969 rockets was basically, hey, let's put some chemicals in this fucking tank and attach people to it and send it to the moon and see what happens. So, I mean, the monkeys lived last time. <laughs> Yeah. That shit is wild though, if you really think about it. If you look at the safety standards of a seven <laughs> like nineteen sixties rocket or seventies rocket to today, they're like, I'm surprised they fucking had seatbelts, bro. Actually, <laughs> the, re- <laughs> the reason we even have seatbelts was because of it, but I'll I digress. Dude, that's another thing that makes me friggin' laugh hysterically is uh when they sent Howard Wallowitz to space on Big Bang Theory and they start making all of those jokes. Where he's just like, he starts having like a panic attack about being up there for too long. And he's just like, <laughs> you know, I don't know when they're going to send this rocket. It's it's the Russians. We could be here another week. Maybe two. You never know. And then he just leans into the microphone really close and goes, they left dogs up here in the 60s. <laughs> they just They're like, nobody's going to leave you up there. And then he starts having a, a panic attack that he's breathing in all the oxygen. I mean, uh, <laughs> I also like when he's like, we don't have much time, so listen to me very closely. In my room, there's a model rocket. Go and build one roughly <laughs> roughly eight stories tall. Power it up. <laughs> come and get me. I'll even leave the door unlocked. <laughs> I'm like, oh, this is friggin' great. 
Like, I've often thought about what it would be like to be in space, but I feel like I'd be space. over it in a couple of days, right? I'm in space. space. Yes. Yes, you are, you... mate. We're both in space. Can I just say that Portal 2 might be my favorite ending of a video game in history? Like, space. The, the whole boss battle all the way through the end credits might be my favorite video game ending ever ever like number one video game bad guy credits the whole deal. i also like how they told, they told you how how to win the game without expressly telling you how to win the game yes and that's that's what makes it so funny and they do it in such a great way and that's like i've talked about how i feel like when you get a good comedian like steven merchant and is it is it steven or steve Steven. He's definitely full on PH. Yeah, he's a PH. That's right. When you get somebody like Steven Merchant, who you, you absolutely like, we talked about this when I, because I know you don't watch Big Bang Theory, but I talked about how he made three appearances on the show as one of Amy's dates during their her brief breakup period with Sheldon. And every single line that he delivers is brilliant. And I'm like, these episodes are way funnier than, than normal, even. And then I found out that, oh, well, that's probably why, because he helped write them. <laughs> so, yeah, you know, because he was behind. It's amazing. it's amazing how one writer can can severely change a show. Right. He has he has all these great appearances there. And then, like, when I found out he was behind that Fighting With My Family movie, the movie about... Uh, I don't know if you've heard of that one, Eric, but the pro wrestler Paige, the the British girl, she won the championship at 21, and she had this this great story about coming over here because she comes from British wrestling dynasty. And The Rock teamed up with Stephen Merchant to do a bio picture on her, on her life, and her parents, which is probably the best part, her parents are played by Nick Frost and Lena Headey. Which might be my favorite casting part of the whole movie. And of course then Vince Vaughn happens to be in the movie too. But like... Oh yeah, he's like the, the guy that works for WWE that gets her signed, right? Yeah, he's he's the guy that runs the, the training center. Pretty much. Oh dang. She's kind of hot too. Holy shit. I had to look her up. Oh, Paige? Yeah. Soraya. Well, uh, you... pre uh, pre crisis page, yes, yes, pre crisis page. What is that supposed to mean? Pre pre crisis. Nah, she had she she had a bad falling out with the company, uh, and it and her personal life she had a took bad a spiral. Couple of years, very bad couple of years. Well, yeah. you know, life happens. <laughs> Also, The Rock plays himself, which I uh, very much enjoyed because they meet him and they keep geeking out over him. And then he cuts a classic Rock-style promo on them. Because he was, he was heavily involved with the creation of the movie. But yeah, it, even if you're not a wrestling person, I actually recommend watching Fighting With My Family because it is a really good movie and it is very funny. And yeah, it takes a couple yeah, of creative a liberties. Based upon, 
the actual Fighting With My Family documentary they made. Yes. Yes, indeed. I saw that. I've seen the seat to the documentary. If you've only ever seen Lena Headey in, like, Game of Thrones as Cersei, and you want to see her do something else, it's a good recommendation. Because, I'm sorry, but I did not give two shits about The Purge. Oh, but the sequels are better. I'm sure they are, but the first one already lost me, so. I like the idea of The Purge. I I feel like that had potential, but. (laughs) Phrasing, phrasing. You don't actually like the idea of The Purge. You like the concept of the movie The Purge. Yes. Because the actual Purge itself is a terrible, terrible idea. What Eric said. Yes. Indeed. Okay. We we don't want anybody to go out and actually purge. <laughs> no. No, we do not want that. You are correct, Eric. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like we have to make this kind of clear in this day and age. I guess. But, but and then, of course, Nick Frost. I love Nick Frost and everything he's in. I mean, yep. that's Simon Pegg's go-to yeah. guy. And I don't think I have seen him in anything I've seen him in. I Even if I didn't like The Thing that he was in, I liked him in The Thing. So... I mean, he was Santa yeah. in an episode of uh, Doctor Who. Yes, he was. One I've actually seen. Because... It's Christmas Nick Frost. Because Nick Frost. He's... Nick Frost is one of those he's like I agree with you anything that he's in is just gold and we don't have anybody here in America that quite fills that role other than like for me it'd be like Seth Rogen so even if you don't he's the closest one so yeah right even if you don't like the thing you like the fact for me that's probably Jack Black Oh, Jack Black is good. Yeah. That's true. Yeah, because I haven't always liked Jack Black movies, but I've liked Jack Black in them. Um, Oh, my God. I, I can't, I'm trying to remember the name of... I'm going to have to look this up because I'm blanking on the name of the movie. But there's one particular Jack Black movie. I really hated the movie, but not because of him. And now, I'm, of course, I'm going to freaking blank on What's it. What's the premise? Is it Be Kind, Rewind? Is it year one? <laughs> Be kind, rewind. I've actually never seen, but I actually like the uh, the idea of it. It's really fun. It's Shallow really Hal. Fun. Shallow yeah. Hal. Shallow Hal. Did not care for the movie, but I thought he was brilliant in it. That's I think c- it's just because he's an overall just a great dude. You know, like... I don't think he actually acts. I think that's just who he is as yeah. a person. Yeah. Do you ever see Kung Fu Panda? Yes. I I've I not. I've seen the first two. Second one's okay. Wait, Dan, have you not? Nope. The first Kung Fu Panda is actually pretty friggin' brilliant. And it's gold. Jack we need Black to figure out a way Jack to get him to watch himself. it. Uh, I'll I'll hook him yeah. up. Yeah, I got Plex. I'll hook him up. Yeah, 
Kung Fu, the first Kung Fu Panda is friggin' brilliant. And <laughs> the, uh, and I love, I love who they picked for the Furious Five. And they're all based, all the animals are based on different fighting styles. And who they picked is brilliant. Angelina Jolie is Tigress. Lucy Liu is Viper. Jackie Chan is the monkey. And then friggin' David, David Cross is the crane. And Seth Rogen's the mantis. And I can't imagine more perfect casting. Do you know how Dustin Hoffman is a red panda in the movie? His character's a red panda. You know that, right, Eric? Oh, I did not. Okay, do you know the story behind that? No. Dustin Hoffman agreed to be in Kung Fu Panda if he got to play an endangered species. So they made him a red panda. That was his stipulation for signing on to the movie. I will do this, but the animal I play has to be an endangered species. So they said, okay, and they made him a red panda. <laughs> I think that's awesome. <laughs> I can't. That, that is awesome. Oh, <laughs> uh, that makes me happy. <laughs> yeah. The... I mean, they could have just made him a normal panda, to be honest. Well, they already had <laughs> yeah. their normal panda. Yeah. But yeah, they get, and they get all these brilliant. They get all these brilliant uh, actors of Asian descent to be in there, like Randall Duck Kim and James Hong is in it. They, I, I thought the movie was great, greatly cast, and it's one of, as far as the grand scheme of things that DreamWorks puts out, because DreamWorks has a good habit of telling a good story, like starting off with a good story, I think that one was uh, was brilliant, the first one. Yeah, everything's great. And then the Fire Nation attacked, right? (laughs) (laughs) Well played, sir. Well played. Well played. Well, that's just it. Like, DreamWorks has put out the, like, Shrek, which which is a franchise film. But the first two are amazing. How to Train Your Dragon, which is easily my favorite. It's a sitcom. Yeah. How to Train Your Dragon is easily the best DreamWorks movie, by the way. I have not seen the sequels, as I heard they are good and worth watching. But then, like, they put out B-Movie. And they put out Shark Tale. And you're just like, why do these movies exist? They just... These are not good movies. So, I think DreamWorks has a bad habit of... It can do good, but it doesn't always do good. I've never seen the Madagascar films, but I've heard that's kind of the same thing, where, like, some some are good and others are trash, and you just have to figure out which ones are which. But I eventually will do a full DreamWorks watch of all the movies. By the way, if you haven't seen Monsters vs. Aliens, because we just talked about Seth Rogen, uh, find Monsters vs. Aliens. I know it used to be on Netflix. I have no idea if it still is. Um, I can plex that one for you guys if you want to watch it. Have you have? Do you know what the premise behind it is? No. Is it like aliens are attacking, and our only hope is to get the monsters together? Yeah, the monsters that we've captured. And Reese Witherspoon plays Susan, also known as Ginormica. And yeah, but she's a human, but she's also a monster because she can become. Human. She becomes a monster, yeah. And then the the blob is Seth Rogen. Hugh Laurie is the cockroach. Will Arnett is the missing link. And then, of course, the alien invader villain is Rain Wilson. 
and his computer is Amy Poehler. I mean, and then the president is uh, Stephen Colbert. <laughs> Kiefer Sutherland oh, is that the, sounds like gold. Kiefer Sutherland is the gritty general, and Paul Rudd is her her uh, fiance that can't accept what she is now. Like all the casting is friggin' brilliant in this movie. Like, what year I, did that movie come out? Uh, Monsters vs. Aliens was '09. Now, don't be confused because I know it's gotten like a little animated series about it. So, but if you actually find the movie, it's really, really good. I highly recommend it. It's very funny, and again, it's one of those Seth Rogen like. There, I'm not going to give away any spoilers because that will kill the joke. But there's a scene where he's just in the background doing something. And during, like, a tenseful situation, and it's one of the best laugh-out-loud moments in any DreamWorks movie. Because he's just being Seth Rogen, basically. Uh, yeah, he's, a uh... Yeah, the blob is a gelatinously... A genetically altered tomato, which was injected with ranch dressing... And now he's just a, a, a big blob. And he literally does not have a brain, which he points out very early on, which is why his character is so friggin' funny. You would, you guys would really like this one. It's a really underrated DreamWorks movie and absolutely deserves more, more respect. Stephen Colbert is the a president. Funny story, too. A funny story about that movie is that we, uh, <clears throat> like, 10 years or so, we got a new car, and it was one of those ones with a DVD player in it, and we <clears throat> went to mess with it one day, and there was a disc already in it, and it was Monsters versus Aliens. <laughs> Did you keep it? As far as I know, I mean, we, I mean, we might not now. <laughs> we don't even have that car anymore, so... <laughs> So anyway, we were talking about The Incredibles too, like yes, half an too. hour ago. <laughs> but that's how this goes, right? Like we start one thing and then just kind of go off on a tangent until we start talking about something else. Yeah, and people really like this show. That I don't know who some of you guys are that are listening to this, but give us some more shout-outs because I see the numbers doing really well, but I don't get a lot of interaction from people. And maybe that's just because people don't want to interact. That's fine too. I'm I listen to a ton of podcasts that I hardly ever interact with. Like I listen to Jim Cornette's drive through and he always does questions on the show. I've only ever asked one question. I got it answered on the show, which was cool. But I just like I don't ever really interact with them. So that might just be well, a thing. Same with like the Twitch Twitch streamers and YouTubers, right? Like I'll watch a YouTuber's every single video and I'll never comment. That's true. I've seen every single angry video Same. game nerd movie ever made. And yeah. And how many times have I commented? A precisely zero. Zero. So very, very good point. Be sure to like, share, and comment and click the bell when I do click none of the those bell. things. Yeah. All right. Fair enough. <laughs> anyway, uh, so overall thoughts on Incredibles 2. I liked it. Yeah, yeah, it's good. Good, good Not stuff. Not as much as the first of, obviously, but 
really good. I disagree. I liked it just as just as much. It wasn't a be- it wasn't better, but it wasn't worse. I think uh I think what incredible I think the only problem I would have with that statement is because I'm such a crazy big fan of the first Incredibles movie. Like I really it is my favorite Pixar movie, just narrowly beating out Wally, which it, it was really close contender to pick one, but I went with the first Incredibles movie because it was a good and different superhero story that I wasn't really expecting it to be as good as it was. And it friggin' blew me away. I've even said Incre- The Incredibles is still my favorite superhero movie, period. And people are like, oh, but Endgame exists and The Dark Knight exists. I'm like, did I stutter? I said it was my favorite superhero movie ever. Dude, that would be a top 10 challenge for us to do. Your top 10 favorite superhero movies, period. Ooh, I think I might have come up with a segment for next week's show. Jesus. Uh, I mean, I already gave mine away, so I don't see the point of doing a list now, but I could... I could could definitely try it. But, yeah. Uh, that's an idea. If you guys want to see us do that, maybe one of us could tackle that. But you know. Anyway, uh, what else did you watch, Dan? Well, see. So uh, on Wednesday, they released Godzilla versus Kong. I will watch that before we record our next episode and give you a review on it. And it is on. It's in theaters and on HBO Max. I watched it on neither. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> uh, but then I realized there's four movies in this series, and I've only seen the first one. So I watched Kong Skull Island, Godzilla King of Monsters, and capped it off with Godzilla vs Kong. There you go. Hey, Eric so- and I saw the first Godzilla movie in the theater. We saw that together. I don't remember it. I don't remember it. I remember I had like two Long Islands or something like that. Possibly. You know, you know what I you know how I remember that cuz that was the last time you and I hung out and saw a movie together because we literally got back from our trip to Lancaster and that afternoon I called you like we were on our way back and I'm like, "Hey bud, we're almost back in town. What you doing?" want to go to the movies because it had come out while we were away and I really wanted to see it. And you're like, yeah, sure. And then when I met you, you were at the bar at the theater and you had, were already you were already on number two. <laughs> uh, so yeah, I don't remember the movie. First Godzilla all. movie was too much. It was a necessary movie because you have to set up what's going to happen, but it was too much exposition, too much human stuff, not enough monster fighting and the the generic monsters they came up with were kind of lame anyway it was just an excuse to put something in there for godzilla to kill yeah it was that that there's so the entire idea of the entire quadrilogy is that at a certain point the earth is and inside that hollow earth is all these monsters and there has to be a monster or two to keep the bad monsters in check the main good monster is Godzilla. 
He's the main baby face. And so the first movie is, here are some of the bad monsters. We call them Mutos. M-U-T-O-S. They go around. There, There's two of them. They're going to fuck. If they fuck, it's very bad. So Godzilla <laughs> shows up and kills them both. So what you're saying is uh, Godzilla's a blocker. Yeah, he's a cock blocker. Yeah. <laughs> uh, he's got to be movie. the biggest cock blocker. Quite because literally. <laughs> <laughs> he's literally ten stories tall. Uh, oh, he's even taller. I enjoyed it, but I wasn't like blown away by it. I just remember being like, so that was a cool movie to watch. There's too much pe- stupid people stuff and not enough big monsters fighting each other? That is the quadrilogy in a nutshell. Yes. Cause... So the second movie is Kong Skull Island, and it is the best movie of the four. Kong Skull Island's really good. Have it is you... a retelling of the King Kong story, and they did a very good job. It's like a retelling, but it's also not a retelling because it's not the whole story. Like because they not... don't bring him back, and there's no fa- well, there is a tech, there is a Ray esque segment in the movie. But what's kind of cool yeah. about that one is, well, a it has Tom Hiddleston. Also, this is a prequel because it takes place in the seventies, right after, literally the day after Vietnam. Yeah, that was part of the yeah, that's part of the plot. Uh, pretty good, pretty good, pretty good movie. I liked it better than the two Godzilla movies. I'll hold up my opinion on how Godzilla versus Kong goes down. Although I have seen that it is the highest ranked one among fans and every review I've heard has been raving, raving about it. So, but aren't they, they're, they're both good monsters, right? Isn't that the thing? Well, I don't know, because I haven't seen the new one yet. And I'm not sure I want to know what how that goes down. Because I have a feeling that might be spoilers territory. Uh, okay. All right. All right. Fair enough. Fair enough. We'll wait. So, yeah. So it retells the Kong story. And, and how do you start your own cinematic universe? You steal half the people from the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Yep. Because the first movie has, has Scarlet Witch and the Quicksilver in it. Yep. And then this movie has Loki and, and Captain Marvel in it. Yep. <laughs> and then King of the Monsters so, uh, King of the Monsters has Eleven in it. Yeah, not, not part of the Crown universe. King of the but um. So what what do so you yeah, think so of King of the Monsters? Yeah, I was going to say what do you think of King of the Monsters cuz they upped the the monster count and the battle count. Yeah, every monster shows up at one point during that movie is the entire point. Um I didn't what I, I King of the Monsters is probably my bottom of the four. It's a lot of monster action, but no really There's good A plot. lot more monsters. The human stuff is so dumb. It's the same old recycled bullshit. Humanity is the disease bullshit again. When when that when that come when that reveal happens, I'm like, Ugh. Uh, positives <laughs> you though, dumb bitch. 
I'll say some positives. Millie Bobby Brown was very good in her role. She is very good. And I really liked Charles Dance, Tywin Lannister, as the villain. And I like the setup because that's how we get Mechagodzilla. So I'm okay with that. Um, yeah. I did like the cast. Uh, what's his face? Isn't it? Uh, I was like, the entire movie, I was like, oh, wow, it's him. It's him. And now I can't remember his name. It's that guy from that thing that I've seen. It's that comedy guy doing very well in a serious, serious role. Uh, yeah, so... Um, Isn't that just it, though? Like, to go Thomas back to... Thomas as I remember, as I'm literally going to the audience, I remember <laughs> Thomas Milovich. But isn't that how it is? Like, like, when I first started watching Breaking Bad with Brian Cranston and people, like, I'm like, that's the dad from Malcolm in the Middle. He's a big goofball. And they're like, no, you have to see this show. And I was like, this might be some of the best acting I've ever seen in my life. Like, period. That shows range. He can do anything, dude. And he was so good. That Walter White character, like, that's one of those roles where the character encompasses the actor without you, like, like, I can see Brian Cranston and be like, okay, that's Walter White, but I know he's done other stuff. It's not that much of an encapsulation. Speaking but, of which, Brian Cranston is in the first movie. <laughs> yeah, well, that's that was my tie-in point. And even even he said that was a mistake to kill off his character because... We could have had a lot of possibility yeah, out of him. By the time they get to the next couple movies, there's nobody from the original movie besides the one guy. There's only the one guy from the and, first movie. And then we see where that goes in King of the Monsters. So, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. He dies because he has to deliver a nuke to heal Godzilla in time. So we can do the final battle against King Ghidorah. And Although so we, the monster so we, stuff in that movie is great. The King Ghidorah battle is fantastic. Um, we get Mothra. Mothra and Rodan. Yeah. I don't think a whole bunch of other ones show up, but I don't think we're given the names. They said there, was, there, said there were 17 of them total. And they just kind of, like, the only two I remember is there's a giant spider and a giant woolly mammoth. Are the only, like, distinct two I remember. I know there's others, but... Those I remember. And then even Rodan bows down to Godzilla. Again, I understand they had to kill off King Ghidorah because he was the big bad monster. And Ghidorah was always a bad monster in all of the original kaiju films. But I'm trying to remember, did they actually kill off Mothra? Because I feel like that was a mistake. I can't I think Mothra was killed. I can't. Mothra was definitely taken out, but I can't remember if Mothra actually dies. But all this, if I was a monster and all this shit was happening, I'd wake up, look at it, and be like, nah, fam, and then just go back to sleep. (laughs) (laughs) So, without giving away any spoilers, because I will watch this in time for next week's show, what is your overall opinion on Godzilla versus Kong? Uh, More stupid human stuff, but the fighting is. on par or better than King of the Monsters between the between the giant monsters. That's good. Um, although there is some good human stuff. So, uh, and Millie Bobby Brown is involved in the good part of the human stuff. So, good. Uh, yeah. So, 
And uh, yes, enjoy uh, big sweaty men slapping meat. I mean, giant monster. Wow, now. Okay. It, that's, that's still not better. <laughs> still oh, doesn't sound better. Freaking <laughs> the freaking suicide the the Suicide Squad trailer. We gotta kite you up in this bitch. I know Starro is gonna. That's a game changer. That's awesome. We didn't even mention Starro last week. What other what other kaiju films are you guys fans of? Like, did you guys did you guys see Pacific Rim? No, I I, I heard it was good, but I've never gotten around to seeing it. It's it's interesting because it's it, the human parts are kind of I'm not gonna say they're dumb they're meh they're definitely meh but uh, the the actual battles between the the giant Gundam machines the, uh, the um, Jaegers the Jaegers yeah I blanked on the name for a minute and the actual creatures that they fight is pretty damn good. Like really damn good, and then uh, the Cloverfield movies I've always found interesting because I like the concept of the first Cloverfield movie, and I did like Cloverfield as a movie. Although that's that's number one on my list of movies that I liked that other people hated because the more people hated that movie than liked it in my personal life, like in my in my little circle. And it's also one of those movies where I understand why people hated it because there was dumb human stuff and the found footage thing can get very nauseating and some of the stuff was unnecessary like, oh, let's just add a bunch of little creatures, meh. I loved it, but I get why people didn't like it. And then I thought 10 Cloverfield Lane was really good, although that was a, I thought that was just a, a good straight up horror movie wasn't really a monster movie. That was a good straight-up horror movie. And then, did you guys see the Cloverfield Paradox? Because I thought that one was pretty dumb. I haven't seen any of those three things at all, so... I remember seeing Cloverfield, but I haven't seen that one. You know what I've seen that's Cloverfield-related? Chris's short film for the contest. On YouTube. <laughs> that's it's what I've seen. still on YouTube. I I seen it. We finished in the top ten, but we did not win. We did not win. The uh, security footage video actually won, which it was good. It was one of those things where I was just like, uh, uh, I was, I was sure we were going to have a fighting chance because Danny Pytel had won. Stephen Lynch's Halloween contest with his video. And I incorporated a lot of... I used some of his create, creative ideas into it. The problem was that the Halloween video was basically chosen by Stephen Lynch and a small community. The Cloverfield thing had one of those voting things that you could spam. So all that means is that the person who won was the best at spamming. Because there were some other pretty good stuff. And there was a couple of things that I thought was even better than my project and could have deserved to win, but some of that stuff didn't even finish anywhere close to us. So it's one of those things, right? Like that's the problem with fan voting on the internet is you can spam it. There are ways to spam yeah. that stuff. Yeah. Yeah. So 
If only there, never mind. I, I was going to make a political joke, but I'll keep it. <laughs> I'll keep it to myself. <laughs> oh, I, I know where you were going with that, and I even considered it too. So <laughs> I'm just like, I mean, it's all right. It's not too political, but whatever. Uh, okay, I got. Here's a question for you guys because I saw this come up with. Uh, I don't remember what the exact comment was, but it was like somebody had posted they were watching Godzilla versus Kong, and then. One of the comments was like, please no spoilers in the comments. And then, of course, one of the very first comments is like one of those dumb fake spoilers where it's like, oh, you you mean the part where Barney the dinosaur shows up and like and fights the, the Megazord, blah, blah, blah. Like they were trying to be funny. And I am of the opinion you guys can can give me your thoughts here, but. I almost think fake spoilers are stupider than actually spoiling the damn thing. Just because I see it all the time. Anytime somebody posts something and they're like, please no spoilers, somebody always has to chime in and be a smartass and come up with a fake spoiler and think that they're being funny. And I think I'm just over the whole concept of fake spoilers anyway because they're not funny or clever anymore. Because everybody does it. And everybody has something Have to say. Have you seen someone ever post a fake spoiler and it actually was a spoiler? Yes, uh, I did that. I've done that. Oh, really? I have, I have done that. I did not know. Did not know. But before the movie was even out, like a few weeks in advance, I was just like, huh, Han Solo's gonna die. <laughs> I just put like, Han Solo dies. And lol at the end of it and then i watched the movie and like i better delete my fucking post (laughs) (laughs) so yeah but here's the thing (laughs) if you knew anything about the movie and harrison ford's involvement with the movie i think i think it was actually overly telegraphed that han solo was gonna die and I think Dan and I even had a conversation. He's been to die since the second movie. Yeah. And I think Dan and I had a conversation about that too. Like before the movie came out and we're like, there's no way Han Solo makes it out of this because Harrison Ford is way too involved with the promotion of this movie. And I think we even had that conversation because we were, that was back when our wrestling podcast was a thing because we didn't have the nerd table yet. And we sometimes talked about non-wrestling stuff because it was our only podcast at the time. And I think we... Oh, no, we had Talkin' Talkies. We probably talked about it on Talkin' Talkies. Because we we reviewed all the Star Wars movies before that came out. Literally all of them. We did the prequels and the original trilogy. I would agree with you, but my thing was I thought maybe he was doing one of those, like, turnarounds. You know how, like, Hayden didn't want anything to do with star wars and then he's like slowly started to get back into it i figured something similar was happening and now he's like psyched about it and whatnot nah i was too i was too suspect like harrison was too sus for me dog like (laughs) (laughs) like nah i I didn't trust that for a second that was that was 100 percent a classic self-report like now like when freaking hannah hi hannah like when she murdered me in Among Us, and then as you guys were having your meeting, she's like, does anybody know where Chris's body is? And I'm like, oh, you know where it is, bitch. <laughs> it's right where you killed me. Hi, Hannah. Love you. You're, you are really good at lying about murder. 
God damn it. Yeah. (laughs) I'm happy you live a few states away. (laughs) (laughs) Wait, no, she flies. She could come to our states. Yeah, but why would she want to? Our states kind of suck at the moment. She's from my state. She's a Pennsylvania girl. But she's from the other side of Pennsylvania, so I don't know if that counts or not. I've never been to that part of Pennsylvania. I don't know. I don't know what it's like over there. By the other side, you mean the west side of Pennsylvania? The west side. The west side. What did you just call that? Like, like, Ohio? Oh, that's probably insulting them. (laughs) Oh, Oh, boy. Here we go. Uh, Okay. You just going to call Lisa Nowak or whatever? Lisa Nowak? That lady that, like, worked for NASA? And then, like, wore an adult diaper so she could drive 900 miles straight to go kill somebody? (laughs) Remember that story? That Florida story? I thought it was a Florida story. Yeah, I think it's. I think she drove from Texas to kill somebody in Florida. Good God! She yeah, drove that makes sense. over nine hundred hours to do it. All right. <laughs> well, I mean, if you're that dedicated, or an adult diaper. If you're that fucking dedicated, that actually, you still that doesn't even make sense though because you still have to you still have to like. Get gas? You still have to get gas. So why don't you just... She works for NASA, bro. I mean... What you do is you just pay everything in cash. Cash is untraceable. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. All right. Well, I'm not getting into a conversation. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. Let's let's not change the podcast and say, like, how to get away with murder. There's already podcasts. There's already podcasts like that out there. Oh, Jesus. Well, let's not be one of them. All right. Instead, let's talk about last week's episode of... Because we've got... We're roughly about 20 minutes till the end of the show here. So let's talk about last week's episode of Falcon and Winter Soldier, which is called The Star-Spangled Man. And this is where the story continues. Uh, Our big expert here... Well, I shouldn't say expert, but the main Marvel guy on the show, of course, is Dan. So, Dan, take us through what happens in Episode 2 of Falcon and the Winter Soldier. So, we start with the new Captain America is at his old high school, getting ready for a big reveal and an interview on uh, Good Morning America, because it's owned by ABC, which is owned by Disney. So, he's (laughs) going to be on Good Morning America. Makes sense to me. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and so he's hanging out in the old football locker room and his wife shows up or whatever. And then his best friend and running mate shows up and then they do the thing. And it's like, I'm not trying to replace Steve. I'm just trying to be the best Captain America. I can. And then the next scene is, if you've been waiting for it this entire time, this is when Bucky shows up and meets Sam. So now they're together for the rest of time. Holding hands like boyfriend and boyfriend. Okay, it's cute. Okay, there, there's a big bromance going on there. <laughs> like, so they meet. It's like Finn and Poe all over again. Well, shouldn't have gotten rid of this. Don't they kind of have to default to a bromance because they each had a separate bromance with Steve Rogers? That's right. So now they yeah. they don't have a choice but to bromance <laughs> with each other. And you know there are people out there shipping them. By the way, one hundred percent. Shipping of them. Course. I love you, bro. I love you, bro. Well, then tell the whole world. I love you, bro. Why'd you, you just... whisper, bro? 
Because you're my whole world, <laughs> you bro. Are my bro. bro. Oh, that freaking <laughs> meme with, with Finn and Poe Dameron. Uh, the first time I saw that, I, I, that was a literal <laughs> laugh out loud moment. That was a literal LMAO. I have to find uh, that meme. I'm going to post that in the nerd table group while we're recording this. So any of you guys so, who have seen that meme, we were actively recording when I posted it because I'm doing that right now. Anyway, go. So, yeah, so Sam's getting ready for the next part of his mission. Uh, but Bucky shows up when he's like, should have gotten rid of it. And he's like, God damn it. And so they like yell at each other. And he's like, well, I got a mission to do. And he gets on the plane and Bucky just gets on the plane, too. And they end up doing the mission together. <laughs> like, oh my god, it's so it's so fucking good. I, I love the part where he's just like, uh, "Where's the other parachute? No, we don't have any other. Yeah, I don't need it." He it just goes. So <laughs> he rips the sleeve off his arm. Ah, we're good. It's like, only it. two hundred feet. You can't use a parachute. Ah, whatever. All right, fine. <laughs> I've fallen from horse. My arm will be okay. Oh, God. Yeah, there's just the whole thing about what's the plan, and he won't tell him the plan. He's like, oh, okay. And so they do the whole mission where they find other guys, and they're loading something up on a truck, and they follow the truck, and they realize, oh, wait, more than just the one guy has power, has been super soldiered. There's this lady, too, and all these people. And then comes the new Captain America and his sidekick. Dude, I love that reveal, too. Where he's like, I think we've got a hostage here. And then she just smiles at him and just kicks him right out the back door. <laughs> yeah. That was so good. Yeah. So then New Cap and his friend show up and things do not go well. <laughs> Yo, that was probably my favorite moment in the in the, in that episode. Is when they stopped the truck to go pick up Bucky and Falcon. And they just stopped and then continued. Actually, they didn't even stopped. They just continued walking past it like it didn't fucking exist. Yeah, that was great. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, guys, it's 20 oh, miles. You're going to so need funny. a ride. No, thanks. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. That was real. That's the other thing, too, is like Marvel's really good at genuine comedy. That, that's kind yeah. of what I appreciate about, like, the whole Snyder thing. There was comedy in it, but it was a much darker, more brooding film, which is what I wanted. But Marvel's better at comedy than DC anyway, so let them do that, and then DC's better at getting dark, darker than Marvel. So I'm getting what I want out of this is basically the, the point here. But yeah, the Flag Smashers. So yeah, so they they eventually get in the jeep with them, and they uh, discuss the plot, and then it comes to the point where, all right, so you have the shield, you're Captain America, and I guess you're a good guy, but and then he's like, well, it'd be easier if I had one of Cap's right hand man endorse me, and they're like, well, fuck you, basically, <laughs> and they leave. They walk the last bit to the airport. I know, so great. <laughs> so they go to and uh, that. yeah they go to Baltimore oh, yeah because yeah, because uh, yeah because Sam knows somebody no Bucky knows somebody Bucky knows a former soldier fought with him in Korea and he's not having a good life because he was imprisoned for thirty years 
And the the U.S. government and Hydra kept experimenting on him. Got to be a fucking shit show. Yeah. This is the classic, there was a black Captain America uh, story that comes around every once in a while. And they they kept it a secret. Wasn't the whole thing, like, he he stole that uniform or whatever, so they imprisoned him or whatever, or they, they made it out to look like he stole that uniform? Or something. Like he stole like, Captain America they, stuff. They, they had yeah. to cover the fact that there was another super soldier, and this guy just ate shit because of it. Yeah, yeah. It was an unfortunate so, circumstance, but there's also, I think, in the original story, there is something about the fact that an African American super soldier existed, and we had to keep it a secret. Because you know, back in those also days, fighting during Vietnam as well, so it was like, yeah, yeah. Uh, Back, Pro- you know, product of the times kind of thing. So this guy, b- despite being the best thing about America, has to eat sh- has to, quote unquote has to eat shit the rest of his life. Yep. So he's properly upset about everything. <laughs> oh yeah, I I really like that character and the the intensity of that scene. I'm I'm looking forward to seeing him come back. Yeah. And so he kicks him out of the house, and then the cops show up, and then they realize it's them. But then they realize, oh, wait, because of that, Bucky has to go to jail because he hasn't met with his therapist Yep. in a, couple, in a while. So then we get the scene from the preview where the therapist makes them have a couple's session. Ah, uh, this scene's so great, too. It, yeah, oh, my God, yeah, it's fantastic. <laughs> <laughs> Get closer. Get closer. <laughs> look at look each other in the yeah, eye. Really doing the leg, between the legs thing. Oh, yep. oh, it's so good. It's pretty close. Well, <laughs> but they get bailed <laughs> out. They get bailed out. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks for making things awkward. <laughs> yeah. And that's when uh, good old Johnny Walker over here. He's just like, guys, we need to work together. And they're like, no. And he goes, all right. And he gets the classic line. Well, then you stay out of my way. That was the moment I decided I'm not going to like this guy. You're, well, that's just it. You're, you're not supposed to like him, but you're also supposed to recognize he is a good guy doing his best. Which is what makes the character so good and so three-dimensional. And all you idiots who sent the actor hate mail, can you guys just stop being part of the fandom? Because I'm so sick and tired of this crap. Hey, you know this guy is okay. So uh, there's a few things I learned about him in the last two weeks after his reveal. He is the son of Russell Crowe and Goldie Hawn. Yes, I just learned that too. And I mean, when I Russell, point... uh, Kurt Russell, Kurt Russell, Kurt Russell, yeah, yeah, Russell, Russell Crowe, yeah, you Kurt did. Russell, I didn't catch that either. I was, I, mean, I, what? I actually, <laughs> I actually heard Kurt Russell in my head, and then I realized I'm like, wait, did he say? Yes, he did. <laughs> Kurt Russell. Um, and you could see it, right? He, he played pro hockey. And the first acting job he ever went for was Captain America for the reverse movie. Yep. So he finally got <laughs> he finally gets to be Cap. <laughs> they said, you're good, but you need some experience. Come back to us later. We are interested in something maybe later. And, well, he did a few bit parts and more important parts. And here he is. <laughs> Could you imagine that phone call? 
Just like, hey, are you still interested in Captain America? You've got to be shitting me. What? <laughs> yes. It's like nine years later, like ten years later. We want you to be Cap and Falcon and the Winter Soldier. But isn't the whole point that Sam becomes Falcon or becomes Cap? Well, funny you should mention that. <laughs> he's going to turn the shield away and then they're going to be like, we need a new Cap. And he's like, yes, this is a dream come true. And now he's getting death threats on Twitter. And he's probably like, what did I even do? Why did I do this? Well, hopefully they turn it around for him, but they only got a few episodes to do it. <laughs> Literally so, four uh, episodes. So the episode ends with them going, well, we need to find out what else Hydra did with the stuff. And there's only one person we know that knows almost everything about Hydra. I guess we have to talk to Zemo. Yeah, the that's the ever. big reveal. Helmet Zemo. <laughs> So, real quick, I want to talk about the uh, the Flag Smashers themselves because they're also giving them character development to make this a much more complicated story because they're fighting for what they think is right and you also see the sacrifices they're going through. Having to house, find housing with people who support their cause. One member literally sacrifices himself for the greater good. Oh, so they can get the plane to take off. In they time. can they can take off in time, and I think that makes this a much more interesting dynamic because it's putting extra dimensions on the story. You're not just By the rooting. Way, you can't do in a two hour movie what you can do in a six episode series. Hell yeah, and that's why these miniseries thing is the way to go, and it's really good so far. I really like this, and. I really like this episode. I'm excited to see the new one that ha- will, I will, by the time you guys are listening to this, I've already watched episode three. Yeah, we should all have seen it by the time you, yeah, you people are listening. But we're reviewing it a Hopefully. week behind so that there's no excuses for the uh, the spoiler division here. Spoiler division. Well, I mean, that's, I mean, that is one thing, but the other thing is the fact that none of us will have seen it by the time we record on it. It's how our recording schedule goes. That's true. That is Because I literally wake up and as soon as I am not groggy, we that I is true. Unfair. Well, you were a little so more lucid today. You were a little more T- lucid today. because yeah, we, not today. Today we, we, have more time. we should have been the unlucid ones because we're the, we got vaccinated. I'm kind of lightheaded to be honest, but uh, you know, whatever. I feel great. I feel fine, which means number two is probably going to knock me on my ass. But, oh, if this if I'm slightly lightheaded from the first one, I can't imagine what the fucking second one's going to do to me. I'm not going to record next week. That's <laughs> oh wait, we're we we can't anyway, right? We are not recording that week because Chris is out of town, and then you'll be taking your second shot. So. Yes, the weekend, the the week. weekend of Sunday the twenty fifth, there will not be an episode because I will be out of town. Eric's getting his second shot. I'm getting my second shot the week after, but uh, that may not be a problem depending on when we actually do it because I can always schedule the shot for after we record. But we'll see. We'll take that a... Uh, this is all like one getting, step at a time, yeah. Getting a alternate host for one person is one thing, but trying to replace two people, like, why even? Right. Oh, I got an idea. Let's get Shannon back on. I just do an episode with Dan. <laughs> it's just Shannon and Dan and uh, and uh, what, what's and her Kate. name? Jackie? Kate. Kate. Why do I think Jackie? I don't uh, want Shannon Kate. to hate me 
if I talk to her nonstop for two hours, she's going to hate me. <laughs> I'll, I'll totally listen to this episode. <laughs> uh, oh, I know that laugh. That means the wheels are turning. <laughs> oh, boy. <laughs> we should just release a clip show like The Simpsons did. Sorry just, for the clip show. The best, the best of nerd table. Yeah, I think I think we'll just. I mean, we don't have to have programming every week. It's nice to have it, but you know, sometimes this is just the way it is. But but we can make up for it by doing like a super show the week after. Yeah, I mean, we could do that. It could be an Playing option. Or we can always record on Thursday night. That's also an option. My well, thing is my job doesn't have a set schedule. It just like I start at a set time, but the end time could be whenever I finish. And sometimes it's early. Sometimes it's on time. Sometimes it's never. <laughs> well, you know what? Uh, this is a good stopping point for our show anyway. Uh, just basically what it boils down to, guys, is we're here to provide you with content. Sometimes we might uh, we, we might not be able to provide. But maybe, just maybe, some of our uh, other content creators can step up and join Dan that week for like a nice little bonus episode. If anybody's listening. Mm-hmm. There's always an option, and if we don't do an episode that week, like, I think we have a pretty good fan base who understands. Because, like, when I initially posted that this episode might have been late, because originally it was going to be, I said it was because we were getting our COVID vaccine and thanked everybody for their understanding. It's not like we got any negative negativity out of that. And if we do, like I said, the couple of hundred hits that we get on every episode... I haven't heard anybody actively say that they dislike anything. Maybe that'll change after we say we might miss programming for a week, but I think that's just, like, a thing that happens in the podcasting world. Sometimes you need a week off or you gotta move your schedule around. It happens with other shows. It happens with... happens with everything. So... Well, but of course, that, I think we need to thank our patrons. We do, yes. So... I'd like to announce that we do have a patron, patron.com slash club kayfabe for only $5 a month. You get in and you get bonus content. Right now, the weekly show we release is a wrestling themed podcast that Dan and I started when our old show was happening. Uh, We are, however, planning other content for the channel, including straight shooting. That's going to be the show where I just go on rants about stuff behind the paywall, so I'm a little safer. Like I said, the only thing I'm not going to do is reveal specific names and stuff in lieu of a potential lawsuit because even somebody could just pay, could still pay to get in and listen or be told about something. So that's not an option. But uh, for all, we're going to do a full shout out list this week because anybody in the $10 or higher tier gets a guaranteed shout out on the nerd table. But I do want to give our $5 tier members a quick shout-out, Brian, Matt, and Roll, because we do appreciate you guys being part of the team. 
And like I said, $5 is the entry level. You get everything. There's nothing beyond that paywall that you don't get access to. $5 gets you in the door. $10 gets you to be a lot more interactive with us. We actually have a special group on Facebook we can invite you to, and you can participate in a lot of our content creation. So to Robert, Randy, Adrian, and Jay, you guys are all part of that. You not only get to help create the content and mold the shows, but you get to be part of some of the first tier announcements as well. The $15 tier, which you are not obligated to be a part of in any way, shape, or form, we have two $15 patrons, Glenn and Jeff, and we thank you guys profusely for that. You guys not only get to do everything previously mentioned, but you are allowed guaranteed spots on this or any other show that I personally control. And maybe even work out a deal with Eric to come on Sick Minds of Matt and Eric if he'll have you. Or join Dan for something. If Dan ever does anything like as a solo project. You guys have first tier hosting privileges. Including, but not limited to, the creation of your own show on the channel. Which can be anything you want as long as it doesn't violate any of the rules of the channel which Jeff has certainly capitalized on because he has ranking tracks and real paranormal talk. And I think Glenn could do a great podcast if he had the time for it, but Glenn's a working man. That's why he can afford the $15 tier because he literally works his ass off every day of the week. But we appreciate you guys and all of our wonderful patrons and I will create content specifically catering to you guys. And for people who aren't patrons, if you have an idea of something that you would 100% subscribe to, if I did it or Eric or Dan did it or any of our content creators went for it, we're all about that. Like if you seriously come to us and be like, I want you guys to do an episode where you make Eric watch a wrestling match and have him commentate on it. I'll do that, and I'll get Eric to watch some good shit, too. <laughs> I believe you would love my commentary, too. You'd be laughing your ass off. I think we should do that. We've done... There are episodes where I've gotten my wife to watch wrestling, and we've done commentary on it, and people have really enjoyed those. So... She really hated one of the best matches of all time. Yep. You just gotta let me know when you do that. Uh, that way, I can actually get uh, a copy of the Kama Sutra. Try to memorize as many moves as I can, just so when they start doing different things, I can name off like moves in the Kama Sutra. Oh dear! <laughs> this is what you've done. Oh, and my. now someone's gonna recommend it. Someone's gonna do it. Yup. <laughs> Well, on that cheery ass note, we thank you guys <laughs> for tuning in this week. We recorded a little later than usual, so we're not really that hungry at this time. I, speak for yourself, man. <laughs> but I can always well, eat. I literally ate like right before we recorded today for the first time ever. But I can 100% eat again because I'm, well, I'm a hungry, I'm a yeah. hungry fat kid and happy to be. Yeah, I- we're all hungry fat kids here. <laughs> all right. Uh, thanks for listening and uh, putting up with our crap sometimes. We will catch you next week. Love you guys. <laughs>